We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, Matt Simons, Daryl the Guru Johnson with you on 95.7 The Game. we got a big one this weekend, 125 Lincoln Financial Field. And uh, right now we're joined by Seth Joyner, three-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion, uh, he's a speaker, current NFL analyst, and he played for the Eagles from 1986 to 1993. Uh, that's right around the time, Daryl, that I was a uh, Eagles season ticket holder. Oh, look at you. So I saw the Seth Joyner play mm-hmm. quite a bit. Actually, Seth, I wasn't a season ticket holder, but my rich friend's dad was. But uh, I remember watching you, you play. <laughs> I remember watching you play. How you doing, man? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing great, guys. What's happening? Um... Just give me some thoughts on this game. I mean, I know the Eagles are in the – I'll just set it up. I know the Eagles are in the middle of a brutal stretch. Uh, They are at home. It looks like it may be wet. It feels like the Eagles may have the right to feel a little disrespected by the Niners. Uh, You go from there. Well, I mean, listen, the team has – these two teams have history from last year. Um, A lot was said. Um, you know, after the game was over, as to how the game played out, um, you know, by some players, you know, in San Francisco, instead of just, hey, you know, they got the best of us today, we'll see them, you know, down the road. Um, it was a lot of sour grapes, and it's led to, you know, a lot of back and forth. And, you know, here we are, we find, you know, in my opinion, the two preeminent teams in the NFC um, conference just basically, you know, squaring off again, um, you know, trying to get – or secure the number one seed in the conference going into the playoffs. Seth, I was telling my partner I follow you on Twitter or X, and you never bite your tongue. I appreciate it. You 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 speak on what you see. And last year in the NFC Championship game, I felt like the Eagles secondary was better than it currently is now. Are you concerned about the Eagles secondary uh, in this ball game and moving forward? Well, listen, I mean, I, I, I'm of the opinion that the secondary and the rush work hand-in-hand. Hand. When you're amassing 70 sacks in a, in a season and 78 throughout, you know, the playoffs last year, um, it makes coverage on the back end easier. You know, I've been a party to both of that. I've been a party to the guy that's actually getting a rush on the quarterback, and I've actually been the guy that's been a party to covering. You know, when you can pass rush, it makes the coverage easy, and when the coverage is tight, it makes the pass rush easy. So it's kind of synergistic. Um, I, I just I get the sense that um, the Eagles are the type of defense that you know they're not a pressure defense in the least little bit. I think they're somewhere in the 15 to 20 percentile, you know, in blitzing. That's awful low in today's NFL. Um, they're a bend but don't break style defense, and. Um, you know, they're going to give up some yards because that's their mentality. They want to create explosive plays and they want to limit, you know, the opposing team from getting explosive plays. And if that's your mindset, if your mindset isn't aggressive, then that means you're going to give up, you know, some real estate. Three-time Pro Bowler Seth Joyner joining us on 95-7 The Game. Uh, Seth, let me ask you this. When you were playing, what team did you hate the most? What team 
would you say it got the closest to personal with? Oh, it's still personal with the Cowboys. Okay. I'm sure you guys feel, you guys feel the same way, you know, as, <laughs> you feel the same way in San Francisco about the Cowboys, I'm sure. Okay, so fair fair enough. So if the if the Eagles feel that way about the Niners or the Niners feel that way about the Eagles, what what can you describe how it how it matters on Sunday? Well, it, it matters from an intensity standpoint. You know, if you hate a team that much, then everything is heightened. Your preparation is heightened. Leading up into the game, the game is heightened. The intensity of the game is heightened from, you know, the first snap of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, every play in that game, you know, is heightened. You know, it's similar to, you know, way the NFC Championship game was last year. I mean, you're playing for all the marbles. Right. And, you know, the finality of losing that game and not moving on is massive. Um, so I, I get it and I understand. Well, now um, there's been some bitter feelings about, you know, how that game turned out and some innuendos as to how it would have turned out if things were different. And, you know, now these two teams find themselves, you know, in the throws again. I believe it's going to be a very intense game. It's going to be a knockdown, dragout game. Both teams are going to lay their absolute best on the line because, you know, listen, the 49ers, if they lose this game, for all intents and purposes, the Eagles pretty much have wrapped up the, <laughs> the right. number one seed. Um, so if the 49ers can win the game, at least they've got they've got hope. Now you're only one game behind the Eagles. So, um, And then the Eagles have still got, you know, the, the Cowboys next week and then um, and then the Seattle Seahawks. You know, I don't think anybody's worried about the Giants twice and the Cardinals, you know, to end the season. But, you know, it's a pivotal game for both teams because the Eagles can put themselves in prime position, you know, to pretty much lock up the, the conference and the number one seed. By losing, they open the door and create a lot of drama over the next four weeks, you know, how things could could actually play out. No doubt. Seth, I love talking to former players for this next question I'm about to pose to you because you got Jalen Hurts, tickets team to the Super Bowl last year, MVP this season, but the Niners got Brock Purdy, mystery relevant, and, you know, I've been on both sides of the field. I didn't know if he was real. It looked great. And now I'm like, he looks like the man. But a lot of people say he's the product of a system. The Niners is an offense, Seth, lead the league in explosive plays, plays over 20 yards. Can you share with us your thoughts on Brock Purdy? Is it real? Do you need to see more? Where are you at? Well, you know, I, so I'm going to give you the long answer because I've been trying to evaluate this offense. Um, you know, back in the day, we used to play against the Redskins. They were one of our big foes, you know, in the NFC East, back when Joe Gibbs was the head coach. And, you know, they had one of the best offensive lines in the, in the National Football League. Um, but they had an offense that was, um, that was very multiple. Multiple from the sense that, you know, they had interchangeable parts. Like, you could put Art Monk where Gary Clark was and put Gary Clark where Ricky Jackson was. And then you had, you know, interchangeable tight ends, you know, that you could move around the backs. You had, you know, a third down back or first and second down back. And when I look at the San Francisco 49ers, and they did a lot of the things that San Francisco does now. They do a lot, they did a lot of motion, a lot of shifting. They try to, you know, because they know that if you're, if you're, from a defensive perspective, if you're calling defenses based upon formations, that motion changes formations and shifts 
change formations. So if I can get you in three or four different defenses before we snap the ball one time, we can create chaos and hopefully, you know, create a mistake somewhere. Well, San Francisco's offense is pretty much like that in that, you know, Debo and, and, and Christian are pieces that are interchangeable. Both of them can play running back. Both of them can play in the slot. Both of them run jet sweeps efficiently. Then you got Juszczyk and Kittles, and both of them, you know, they're interchangeable. Both of them can play fullback, and both of them can play, you know, tight end, and they're effective in catching the ball out of the, you know, catching the ball, and, you know, obviously Kittles much, much more. Um, the wild card for me is Brandon Ayuk because they don't do a whole lot of different things with him. They line him up, and he is their guy that they want to hit down the field. But they do a lot of motioning, they do a lot of shifting, they try to keep you. It's a lot of window dressing, and I get the sense that, you know, when you realize that they they truly only have a handful of formations and a handful of plays, they just window dress it with formation with guys being in different positions. And when you can begin to see it from that standpoint, then you can prepare a lot differently. Now, there's no doubt about it, the, the key to this offense is Christian McCaffrey because if you go back and you look at the three-game stint, where they lost three games in a row. Christian was hurt one game. He had the groin issue. Then um, they didn't run the ball all that well in the the next two games, even though Christian came back the the next week. So if you look at it, those three games are the worst rushing output that the 49ers had all season long. And to me, that's why they lost the game, because Brock Purdy needs – a good running game that allows him to go play action, bootleg, and misdirection. Now he can throw the ball on rhythm and on time and is extremely accurate with his ball. But if you can take away the run and make him play the game from the pocket, move him off his spot, and get away from his first read, now you have an opportunity to make him look average. But if all the elements are where they need to be, you got problems. But if you nullify the run, then you can nullify the elements of what makes this op- this offense as potent as it is. Mm. You're listening to three-time Pro Bowler, former Eagle, Seth Joyner. You know what, Seth? I got to tell you something. Like, you always try to come up with somebody who reminds you of somebody else. But, you know, and we've been trying to do that with Purdy for, for you know, the last year. Who? But you know what? There, And I know Theismann's a Hall of Famer, but there are similarities between Theismann and Purdy, and I hadn't put those two together, but they they do have similarities. I think I think, and that's a that's an interesting point you brought up. Well, listen, I don't, I, I, I'm not guy, I'm not one of those guys. I, I don't like comparisons because you know, right? Ages of ages and eras are different. Mm. Like we can talk about LeBron and we can talk about Jordan all we want, but. They both played in different eras. What would Michael Jordan look like in this era? He'd probably still be great. What would LeBron look like in Jordan's era? So let's just enjoy these guys in the eras that they play in and say, hey, they were great in their own eras. When it comes to, you know, football players, the game has changed. You know, Brock Purdy is not playing under the same pretenses that, you know, a Joe Theismann had to play under. You know, so the dynamics are different. Players, you know, listen, these players, the arm is stronger. They're throwing the ball probably 25 to 30% more than they did in that era. And a lot of these guys are a lot more athletic, you know, than most of those quarterbacks in that era ever, ever were. They were just pocket passes. Don't be fooled by Brock Purdy. He's not a guy that's just going to stand back there and let you stack him. 
he's got athleticism and he can get out of the pocket and he can convert, you know, with his legs on third downs when he needs to. Now, he doesn't want to because the way that this, this offense is constructed is to throw the ball on the rhythm, to throw it on time off a of play-action pass and bootleg and misdirection. But when everything goes to hell in the handbasket, if you don't keep him in the pocket and you don't contain him, he can hurt you. You know, so it's hard to it's hard to find that guy, you know, from past eras or the current era that you can say this is who he looks like because he's a combination of a couple of different things. He runs when he needs to. He throws the ball on rhythm and time when he needs when he has to, and you know he runs and he's very accurate and he runs. He runs the offense the way that Kyle Shanahan wants it to be run. That's why they've gotten rid of so many other guys who have had some success or guys who have been expected to have some success that they've paid a lot of money to and put a high draft pick in because he operates in a way that they never could. Seth, you were part of some of the best defensive units to ever do it. I can remember, you know, rest in peace, uh, Jerome Brown and Reggie White and Eric Allen and when you look at this Niner front and defense, a lot of it is Bosa, newly acquired Chase Young, Hargrave. I get it. But when you see number 54 perform Fred Warner at linebacker, can you walk us through what you see? Um, he is he is the modern-day inside linebacker. Because, you know, most teams nowadays, because of personnel, most teams are basically a 4-2 front. You know, and for the teams who do not value the linebacker position, in my opinion, they find themselves in a myriad of problems because, it, it, you know, it's not like you run a 4-3 where you got, you know, four down and three linebackers on the on the field or, or a 3-4 where you got three down and four linebackers on the field. You literally only have two linebackers on the field nowadays. So at least one of those guys better be a hellraiser. Y'all got two. Greenlaw is just as good, in my opinion. He just doesn't get to shine. He's just as good as Warner, in my opinion. Um, he is the quintessential um, linebacker of today's age. You know, he can run. He can rush. He can cover. Um, he's smart. He understands run fits. Um, better than most linebackers that I've seen in the modern game. Most guys don't even know where to fit. You know, if you don't put them in a five-man front and give them a one-gap to flow responsibility, they have no idea how to even read blocking schemes because nowadays I get the sense that a lot of these linebackers are reading the backfield instead of the offensive line to tell them what the play actually is and where the run play is actually going. So to me, he's the, he's, he's the, he's the full package, man. I mean, it, it doesn't – you couldn't ask for more. I mean, the dude running the full 440, he can get anywhere on the field he wants to, but he's smart enough, you know, to not have to stress himself to be able to get there because he's very smart and understands how he's being attacked and where he's being attacked and what team's tendencies are. So he's never out of position. He's never taking false steps and he's never guessing. Seth, you got a prediction for us? Well, listen, I think it's going to be a knockdown drag out. Um, you know, the Eagles have figured out and found every conceivable way that you could think of to win this football game. Um, it's, you know, really, I don't like to give predictions because there are so many factors sure. that go into it. I mean, you can go into last year's game and who would have thought right. that the Eagles were going to be able to put 
31 yeah. points on that defense. Mm-hmm. And you can talk about Brock Purdy not being there, but when they came in the Lincoln Financial Field last year, they were the number one ranked defense darn near across the board. They were number one in points, yet they gave up. And this is the thing that people don't remember. They gave up 31 points to the Eagles, you know. So, yeah, Brock, can, Brock is a difference maker. But, you know, also the Eagles, you know, he, he didn't just bow out of the game. The Eagles right. forced him out of the game, mm. you know, with, with, with how they played. And that's another, that's another dynamic of this whole thing that, you know, people don't want to look at, don't want to, you know, back in our day, it was about knocking guys out of the game. Let's see what, this, what the backup can do. As, right. as, as inhumane as that might sound, that's the way we played the game. And I'm not saying that Hassan Reddick was trying to put him out of the game. He was playing the game hard. He was playing it fast. And it was an unfortunate situation. And then they had another quarterback that came in. And he got hurt as well. The Eagles forced those things, you know. So, it, 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 to be honest with you, you can go the complete opposite direction. It could be the 49ers doing that, you know, this 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 game. So, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say one way or the other, you know, I, listen, if I'm if I'm looking at the body of work, the 49ers the last two weeks have played extremely well. Okay, um, the Eagles have found a myriad of different ways to win. They beat two teams in the last two weeks that were in the AFC that were perennial supposed to be Super Bowl um, contenders, down coming back from ten points. Um, so it's hard for me to say, you know, that the Eagles don't stand a chance. But it's also hard for me to say that, you know, now you got San Francisco fully healthy and hitting on all cylinders, that they don't stand a chance. I'm just looking forward to the best game that's probably going to be on TV during this season because these teams don't like each other mm. and they're going to lay it all out on the line. They're going to be, they're, they're going to be out for blood. It's going to be a lot of chirping. It's going to be chippy. <laughs> you know, the weather's going to be, the weather's going to be crappy. It's going to be an old school <laughs> smash mouth style, style game. And they're only going to be able to throw the ball when, you know, when they have to. Um, so I'm just, I'm looking forward to that more than anything, more than me wanting to predict, you know, how right. it's going to turn out. I'm just glad that we're going, we're going to see a defensive battle. It's just going to be a straight-up battle roar, man. Let's go. Hey, Seth, great yeah. stuff, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Great info, great knowledge, and uh, enjoy the game this weekend. You guys, my man, you guys do the same. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.